0: Ma te he te te kura, ara mai he te te kura. When the old fern withers and dies, the new fern takes its place. we know my ora katoa. Welcome back to Tahi She's backed up a who's who of the music scene from Fat Freddy's Drop to 80 Dick. Ebb. Lisa Tomlin's talks about her musical career and pole dancing with Melody Thomas. Now, an appointment to the Waitangi Tribunal is a pretty big deal all that responsibility, reading, sitting in on hearings, making recommendations. So the selection process is just as intensive, right?
1: I got a call from uh, the Minister's Secretary, uh, Parikuras, and she said to me, straight, straight on the phone, you've been selected to, to uh, sit on the Waitangi Tribunal." I said, what?
0: Kaumātua Ki Hinātai no Tauranga Moana. We'll hear more from him and his whanau, who were in Wellington recently to support the Kaua at his induction to the Waitangi Tribunal. Though little is known about the contribution of Māori pilots in various World War campaigns, it took a documentary, Tūra by Julian Arahanga to introduce the world to Porokoru Pātapu Pohe, John Pohe. That's coming up. Ko te mea now, this week it's Nakupu o tekihini, or words around the kitchen. Spoon is pune, knife is nahi, plate is pireti, All transliterations, but the transliteration mac daddy of them all is microwave, which is naruiti. Now, naruiti, because microwaves didn't exist back in Nara, so iti is little and naru is wave. Naruiti, microwave. Oven, umu, salt, tote, homai te tote, pass the salt, cupboard, kāpata, kei here takupeke, ara kei runga ite kāpata. Hey, where's my bag? There on the cupboard, kāpata. Koe rā kupu wā. And head to our webpage, radio.nz.co.nz forward slash for the list. Kumaraya rāku raku a ke te mai koutou, kia te ahikā.
2: ana mutonareka. One doesn't brag about their own successes, so one should let others sing their praises. And that's what many of the Fano did at the recent induction of Torangamuana Komatsua Kihingatai onto the Waitangi Tribunal.
0: Oh I just I just think for our Komatsua Kihi, it's just such a it's such an honour, you know, just to even be considered these days. But for the people of Te Mona, oh, we're just so proud of him, you know. He's, he's just such a humari, a, a, a komatu, and to be given that honour to be on the Waitangi Tribunal is just fantastic for us. It's too meek.
2: The day kicked off with an official pōhiri and welcoming words from Tiawanui Yarangi Black.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Kauwaka, kitu moe. Kauwaka, kita kakotoro, nai E koro e, a hutua, e ruka. A neira akota ama i teure ora ki I ki Nga uri o rāuru ki itahi, hei mana te kuku e kore e whati. O tā mai ki ākua e ki tō whara e koro. Nga i tēnei, o kōpūtahi o kiritahi. Tēnei huā anga tanga, e tupuake te wā, ia tōroa rā wako, tūria uanui. Tehere tanga mai tō tāu tūpuna o tūri Ohi ini, 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 ini. Ia tak tahu apa apa kura. Dia e ramai orang, dikira e itu orang naga, dikira orang itu kura. A nenek, apa kau kira? Kita ini orang naga, orang naga. 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 Kita ini orang naga, Mwene katoa mai, ti mua ki a koutau <laughs> te kauhangaroa <laughs> te whare e tūnei. Ko a mātāng matae oruai te mānao tauranga, e kore e tāe te tātāhu, tōrā tātoko pai e tōko maha. Iro toi ngā wiki ngā maramata tānei. Te atu ki te rāo ngā, tani whāroa oruai te wakanei o mātātua, kia te hao o te tāhu i tiki atu i
2: there hasn't been a Tauranga Moana representative on the Waitangi Tribunal since the late Turirangi Tekani. It was obvious that Tauranga Moana of Ngaiterangi, Ngāti Ranginui and Ngāti Pūkinga were proud. Obviously, this is an honour for Tauranga Moana. Oh, it is
4: indeed. Yes, we're
2: very proud. Very proud. e <laughs>
4: Oh, well, the first thing is that, uh, that I didn't realize there were going to be this many people come to, come to celebrate his uh, installation to the Waitangi Tribunal. And uh, I was just thinking to myself that uh, the whole of Ngai Chu Kaidangi is down here and there's <laughs> nobody back there.
5: <laughs> uh,
4: yeah, so it's a, it's a, I think it's a great day. And uh, I know in the past we've had people like Churidangi Takani on, on the tribunal. And, and they've never had uh, occasions like this, and this is this is really good. Hi, kia
2: And And what's your, I mean, it's a weird question, but your personal experience in terms of working alongside Kihi?
4: Oh, well, Kihi and I, uh, we, we have a, a, a common bond in that uh, when the Runanga of was, was first started in 1990, uh, he and I were the founding members of the Runanga, and he was the first chairman, and I was the second. And in the 18 years of the of the running of of, uh, of the Waitangi Runanga, we've only had the two chairpersons. Uh, that's about to end shortly. But uh, in the 18 years, there's only been two of us. So that's the that's the special bond, and that's why really that I'm here. Also, I'm here to represent, of course, my own my own hapu of uh, fifia uh to to. To help celebrate this occasion of,
6: uh, of Kihi. yeah. Aye, aye. Big honour, big on for uh, for Te and our karoa. Uncle Kihi, yeah, awesome. I mean, you, know, you can see by the by the turnout from Te Ora that it was uh, that it's a big thing for us. Um, I think the the main thing is is uh, you know. Aukaroa, he probably just wanted a little group. (laughs) But I I see him smiling there, so uh, he's pretty happy with the turnout. Mm. Did
2: you come on the bus?
6: No, 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 we came down on the van side with his family. You know, his uh, sons and daughters, we all came down on van. Mm.
2: And Kihinga, though, is obviously a cluel with lots of expertise and he'll be a great asset to the Waitangi Tribunal, neha?
6: Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, in terms of uh, his knowledge... Uh, of Chikanga and uh, and um, especially around Tauranga Muna, you know, well, you know he can, he'll he'll only enhance what they've already got going in the in the in the tribunal, mm. and uh, and be a, a great asset and boon for them, not just for us, but for them too. I think.
5: It's an honour, isn't it, today? Oh, kia Tino Te Ata Tira Huru Mai Tauranga Rupu Pakamanu Te Treaty. Ana the the treaty and
2: so um do you think he's going to be that much busy that he may not be around home much?
5: Oh, tino mahahoki ana ana mahi kete kai nga ana kēi wai ngenuia te troy pūnora. Ei, tika muri
2: What's your? Ngarenene
5: kē 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 te pai hoki te mohio tanga o te tangatani o te rangatira. era iwi era iwi era iwi. Ah, he he tinotol. Ngā, ngā katoa, no te muti. Oh, ka hi te kite wahakore no e ma waiata ka kedo mohiota nga nga iwi khato kuri note mo ah
2: kapai and um let's go back a while what's your what's your fondest memory of, of working or growing up in touring a about about um, tikroi one
5: ai hey hey rangatira hūmai ye hey rangatira puku you know he E toito ko ke noitoito ko e e ta fa na ta fa na fa no i o night ranging me matirangi nu i o toiran ga mona ne i mm. yeah. mera te ta mata a mi haru opinion ya ona mahi i toito ko oki ya tereu tereu me on tikat
2: Wife of Kehi, Maria Ngatai, outlined what the appointment to the Waitangi Tribunal meant to her and her family.
7: Let's go back to when you
2: when you first heard of of the great news. i ana.
7: Uh, i te tono o te kawana tanga ana kitē tēnei mahi mwona. Ka hoki i māua i, I, I mea, me me, me, me pēnei te nui. i mahi I, e māua i mua, ko tā Ko me wā Iwhiwhi honore anō māua, ana a māua i mea hoeno kei te pai o tō tāua whānau me wā māua, me wā Ana i pirangi māua, ana kiari te tēnei i era ana i te wā ana ko māua ana he ko wā māua tamariki. Engari, i te wā o te hokinga o te... O mawu katua uh, ana a uh, a uh, 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 te chat joe williams kamia khatoki te kite marai kite fana katua o ki ana koi nei te rua kopiranite te bin yunama uh, ana ma ki te tehi uh, hei hei halia to ki ki noi wai ngui arata ana goi rai i, I and of course,
2: the man himself spoke about his first reaction upon hearing the news. Let's go back to when you you got the tunnel to to go on the Waitangi Tribunal.
1: Oh How wow. did you feel? Uh, well, I, I, I got a bit of a surprise. Uh, uh, I didn't know that I was gonna that they uh, that they were gonna get me to do this uh, sit on uh, the, the Waitangi Tribunal. But uh, anyway, I got a call from uh, from uh, uh, the minister's secretary. Uh, and she said to me straight straight on the phone, "You've been selected to <laughs> to uh, to uh, sit on the Waitangi Tribunal." I said, "What?" And she said, "Yeah, uh, you've you've been one of the ones that's selected by a Parakura," and I said, uh, "I said to her, well, what does that entail?" And she said, "Well, you'll have to come and come here and sit on the Waitangi Tribunal," and and I and I said, "Well, you know." As long as uh, I can go, come home uh, every after after sitting, that was the thing. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I tell you, it was a bigger surprise when I told my family. <laughs> but uh, you know, they uh, they they totally what the thing uh, uh, me going onto the tribune. and I feel I, I feel that. Uh, it's fitting that one from somebody from Tauranga should uh, be a sit on the on the tribunal because the last one we had was Turirangi Takani, and that was many many years ago uh, and uh, we thought that we should have somebody on there uh, to uh, well to represent Tauranga Luan anyway rangi ngati ngati and uh, it was a, a bit of a uh, it was a, a bit of a surprise, but a good surprise.
2: Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, our honour for the whanau to be down here.
1: Oh, here. yes, yes. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, actually, when I got the word from, from the tribunal itself that uh, they were going to have the, the pōhiri on uh, today, uh, uh, they said the pōhiri was going to be at the Waitangi Tribunal offices. And I said, well, I don't think that'll be, that'll be big enough. She said, well, how many are you going to, you got coming? And I said, well, I really don't know, but I said, my family's going to come. And uh, they were, uh, at that time, they were talking about a bus, you see. And, and I heard that there was about 30, I think. And so I, I, rang, uh, I rang them and said, well, we've got about 30 coming. And she said, well, we'll, we'll, sh- we'll shift the poor Pohiri to the Captain Cook uh, uh, hotel. hotel. yeah." Uh, Anyway, uh, that was all right. Uh, 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 About a few days after, uh, my daughter rang up and said, oh, they're getting a bus. And I said, how many are going to send? They said, oh, about 70. So I had to ring them again and say, oh, well, we've changed our plans. We've got more coming. So I, and then they put it down to this place. So uh, it was good, uh, good to see all the all the people from Tauranga here, you know. There's hardly anybody left at home. I don't
2: <laughs> so, in terms of your first mahi with the tribunal, what what now?
1: Well, uh, it's an induction. After after this, uh, we go to the Waitangi Tribunal uh, offices, and they have an induction. We've got a we got a later on.
2: And you're um you're excited about the the new mahi.
4: Well, yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I am excited. Uh, I, I still, I still, I'm still not sure what it entails. But, uh, whether, uh, you know, whether there's a lot of work in it, or, but uh, according to what they were saying here, there's a lot of work in it. But oh well, you know, we'll uh, we'll find we'll find that. We've yet to see uh, how much work there is. Kia
0: ora, Justine talking with Karova Kihinatrai a recent appointment to the Waitangi Tribunal and some of his whānau. This past week, another iwi, actually one of the first to settle their Treaty of Waitangi grievances, Tainui iwi, signed their river settlement with the Crown. We'll have some of that action in next week's programme. It's Lisa Tomlin's distinctive voice you can hear in many an album. If you've been around the Wellington music scene for the past 10 years, there she is. Lately, the Kahununu musician has taken to pole dancing, and she's not tempted by Melody Thomas, who met
8: with her a few weeks back to give it a whirl at the local cafe. Kia ora. I'm Lisa Tomlins. I am Ngati Kahununu um, with, with a whole bunch of sub tribes. <laughs> ngati Toa, Ngapuhi, etc. And, um, currently I reside in Upper Hutt with my dad.
9: Right. I tried to count up the number of bands you've, um, worked with. (laughs) Good luck. And I I came out a number that was more than the digits I have on my fingers and toes, and still I don't think I had them all. (laughs) Have you ever counted them up
8: yourself? I've tried, but I'm quite sure that I've missed out on, on a few. Um, yeah. No good, really. Uh... I feel like I should have them all fresh in my mind, and yeah, you know, it, it's like the acceptance speech at the uh, at, at an award ceremony. Every time I see an award ceremony, I'm constantly thinking, now who who would I thank? You know, like, I'd probably just end up thanking everyone, if ev- anywhere, anyone, because. <laughs> Everyone's been quite influential.
9: Yeah, well, see, this is the thing. This is probably the question I'm going to save till last. But, Lisa, you're in so many different bands, and you're so ridiculously talented, and we're yet to see (laughs) the Lisa show.
8: Oh, yes, that that show. Um, I keep on saying every year that it's coming out. um, I've said it again this year. It is coming out, but... um, yeah, I, I'm a bit slow on the uptake. I keep on finding new new bands or new ways and in, in new pastimes to, to uh, distract myself. Because I'm easily distracted.
9: So any ideas, any kind of ideas, what vein you'll be exploring by yourself? You had... <sighs>
8: always wanted to be in a metal band. But you know, uh, yeah, maybe that's not quite my sound. Um, I reckon I could do it, but... Um, you know, one of those melodic metal bands, kind of, kind of Iron Maiden-ish. <laughs> you know, eighties hair, hair metal. <laughs> Got a hair for it as well. I don't know. I've been, I've grown up with so many different influences, and and I, I like so many different genres of music. It's hard to, to pigeonhole myself, and I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have to. Well, I don't think I, I want to. I just. To, I just want to write one decent song. That's all. I don't care if I do it or somebody else does it. I just want to write a really good song. <laughs> Sweet. Just one. <laughs> An
9: Ebb was it? Your band Eb, was oh, that the band yeah. that that turned down a major record offer?
8: Did we? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't involved in that, process. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, although that was probably the the first band and probably the only band that I had a major um a major part in and, I mean I, I still have major parts in other bands but not not quite as hands on as Ebb was and that, that was that was a good project and a, and and one very dear to my heart um but again still a collaborative effort as opposed to something that I'd I'd love to be able to do something that's purely just me, so maybe I should just start writing songs, or a song.
9: I understand you're a pretty awesome pole dancer, in fact that you ah. teach pole dancing. <laughs> I was wondering if you ever intend on taking that to the stage.
8: Um, well funny you should say that. <laughs> at um, Somerset, in the tent that we were playing at, they had two poles set up that that were operated by or or danced on by two of the women that I've been fortunate enough to uh dance with. Um we don't do it professionally. We do it as a hobby for fitness with the clothes on the whole time. So it's not just like to put the point that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's such a it's yeah. I actually did um while they, I, I got them to dance while we were playing. And then ended up going down at the end of one of the songs and having a jam with them, which was nice. And um, just yeah, I wouldn't you... call myself a, a brilliant dancer or anything, but I like doing tricks, and um, I can teach. <laughs> I'm good at teaching.
9: Lisa, there's a few poles attached to our house here.
8: Yeah, they, there are. <laughs> <laughs> they're a bit. They're a bit wider than the average uh, international standard dance pole but yeah uh, which is by the way two inches. Um <laughs> it's, yeah, so very sharp. Uh, industry standard <laughs> Two inch diameter. Uh same stainless steel preferably or um or something that's going to uh not slip. Do you need bare thighs? Yes. Yes. Essential. Yeah, yeah. It it it's quite funny. I I feel really bad for the the women that sort of come in and go I don't want to bear my thighs I don't want to show anybody you know? it's like well you know we really don't care what you think you look like and that's a quote that I lifted off one of my friends Shirley um and it's like well you know you you may think that you've got the hugest thighs in the world I don't care I just want to teach you how to how to do the tricks that I know how to do and and make sure that you have a good time doing them you know it's like after a while, they realise. Hang on a minute! I want to be able to do that trick, but I can't unless I've got short shorts on. So.
9: And their thighs are only going to get, you know, hotter as the more
8: they do it. Well, the thing is, the bigger the thighs, quite possibly the better you'll be able to hold on. So you know, all you big-thighed women out there, you've got the advantage. You have the the winning edge. I totally urge you to go out and get some shortest, the shortest shorts you can ever find. Even at, well, you know, I mean, not so much that they're going right up your crack, but <laughs> just something that's going to bare your thighs to the world, because, you know, we're not actually looking at that. So so did you grow up in the hut? Yeah, yeah. I, um, my parents are in the army, and um, our last station was in Trentham, and... Uh, that's where we stayed and I'm, I'm glad I mean I, I don't think I have found a musical community, I mean I'm talking about Wellington, not necessarily Upper Hutt um, uh, that that was so so vibrant as it has been over, over the years that I've been here uh, yeah, Wellington musicians, I don't know what it is, somebody once described it as being like Wellington being a big bowl so you've got this valley and makes all these how- uh, these hills and just all the goodness kind of floats down into the sort of seeps down into the 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 bowl and gets all stirred up I love it I love the fact that you can you can go into a bar any night of the week find some random musicians playing and then if you if you feel like it or if you're asked to or whatever get up and have a jam with them haven't seen it in Christchurch yet, although they're, they're bound to be somewhere there. There's some nice little nooks and crannies and in all areas of New Zealand, I think, that, that music is going on. And you just never know about it, but I think none's so so prevalent as Wellington. And Wellington
9: gets a bit of criticism, actually, for that as well, though, for that whole Welly scene, Yeah, like, go to any gig and, you know, Dallas is going to get up on stage. Or... <laughs>
8: <laughs> I wish.
9: But it's something you it's
8: something you thrive on. Mm. Oh yeah, I think it's great. I think it's uh, um, I think it's beneficial for musicians to work with each other in in different in different formations and, and bringing something of their own to a, a, a musical situation. And it's like yeah, I I like the fact that that. Wellington musicians do that and are are open to it because it doesn't happen enough. I like jamming. I never used to. I hated it.
9: (laughs) Why was that? Was that a confidence thing, you reckon?
8: Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely a confidence thing. I'm still still in awe of the people that I play with. Um, And still, I, I don't think I'll ever stop pinching myself
9: And you know it's going to get to the point where people are noticing as well, that here's this awesome lady and she's kind of upstaging a lot of the other people on the stage. Oh, come now. Oh, a lot of the time, (laughs) Lisa. And then, where's her her show? People are going to catch on. You can't hide back there forever.
8: Oh, I know. I know. I've tried and I've done successfully for 15 odd years. (laughs) I've hidden quite well in the background.
0: Lisa Tomlins, Nati Kahununu Napuhikaitahu with Melody Thomas. He first appeared in the Makutsu on Mrs. Jones when he was a young fella and has acted in two major blockbusters, Once a Warriors and The Matrix. Yet more recently, through his production company Awa International, Julian Arahanga has taken to documentary making. Tū documents the life and rise through the New Zealand Air Force ranks of Porokoru Pātapu Pohe, John Pohe, no Nati Rangi during the Second World War. While all the focus tends to be on the contribution of the ground forces during the World Wars, little is known about Māori pilots and their involvement, and John Pohe was a trailblazer. I spoke with Julian about the responsibilities of documentary making and the process from unearthing the tale to its screening on ANZAC Day earlier this year.
10: The first time I heard about him, I, his, his name was given to me as Porokuru Pātapu.
0: Mm -hmm. and then you spent a whole lot of time trawling archives and files looking for that name, eh? Mm -hmm. And was he or Actually,
10: I just Googled it and it came up straight away. (laughs) Alexander Turnbull for days, weeks.
0: So what initially drew you to the story?
10: initially was the personal connection. I learned about Porokoru Tapu Pohe through my cousin, uh, Chey Wilson. Um, I was doing some research for the iwi claims. That was for Ngāti Rangi. And uh, we were trying to uh, find people who had connection to Ngāti Rangi that had uh, made a significant impact um, out there in the world. And uh, this name came to me, Porokuru Parapu Um and I was told that he was a pilot, and I hadn't known that there were any Maori pilots in the war because uh, all the attention had been given to the Two Eight Battalion.
0: And we're talking about the Second World War here. Yes, right? the
10: Second World War. That's of course, um, and deservedly so. You yeah, know, they had some amazing achievements and uh, stories to be told, but I was fascinated that there was a Maori pilot and there was a second hook to the whole thing, which was that he was supposedly part of The Great Escape as well.
0: That famous movie?
10: Yeah, so, I mean, there's two really strong hooks that interested me, um, as well as the Kind of personal connection, the possibility that uh, there was some kind of uh, wakapapa connection. Um, there's definitely a geographical connection. You know, where we grew up was, you know, twenty minutes apart. And where was that? Uh, he grew up in Taihape. I grew up in i t mm. Yeah. So, yeah, to answer your question, I guess that's that's what drew me to it.
0: A Nazi Rangi, eh? Rangi?
10: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, eventually that sort of, um, as a story unfolded, that uh, was something that we um, purposely wove into the whole story. Um, The idea of the sky, uh, the idea of flight, um, all those kind of themes, um, which really suited the story.
0: Because just how unusual was it to find... Māori
10: pilots? Apparently not. Initially, uh, yes, um, most of the pilots and stuff uh, were Pākehā, but um, through my research and talking with the good people at the Air Force Museum in Christchurch, they have a really good uh, archive and research team down there, and they supplied me with quite a few uh, names of pilots uh, that were Maori, um, and <clears throat> so I think uh, in all I found about uh, forty or fifty. Gee, that's heaps. So that you know, that's a significant mm-hmm. amount, isn't it? You know, um, I mean, the general tendency would be for a Maori uh, back then to join the infantry um but yeah i mean some of these guys did really amazing achievements as well There's a, received distinguished flying crosses uh jimmy wetity received a distinguished flying cross another guy um, Milich, who was from uh, ahipara he flew over 90 missions um and um yeah. so these
0: fellows went lightweight so oh, the,
10: and you know each each one of these men has an amazing story to tell
0: so what is the story that you were trying to tell
10: well as the information started to unfold about Porokuru, um, people here and we started to link these dots up together and uh, we were given um the blessing of the pohefano to proceed with the telling of the story the tricky thing about making documentary or trying to tell somebody's life in 53 minutes is what to leave out mm-hmm. or what you can afford to leave out because there's so much to a person's life and so many highs and lows In the end, you have to be quite brutal and say, no, we're just going to have to scrap this whole part, and we're going to have to scrap this whole part. Um, But what we wanted to do was to give the audience some kind of idea about what this person was like, um, about their personality and their story from when they were born uh, right through until um, their death.
0: And what was he like?
10: By all accounts he was a very bright and intelligent young man. Um he was very passionate. He was funny, um, he had a great sense of humor. He'd love to be remembered that way. <laughs> he had a real comical um side to him. It, played a lot of practical jokes and um, loved to hang out with his friends. He was apparently quite fashionable. Um, He was very taken by Hollywood and movies and um, would always ask his mother to tailor him clothes, um, that he would uh, see movie stars at uh, the Taipei Picture Theatre on the Saturday matinees wearing and this type of thing. But he was also a very hard worker, uh, growing up on a farm, uh, he was the oldest son. And so um, he had a lot of responsibility on the farm from an early age and, and milking the cows and maintenance of the farm and um, shearing and all the the duties that um, uh, are involved with uh, running a farm. Um, so I, I, I guess in, that's reflected um, in what he achieved in his short lifetime.
0: You know, it must be amazing for for you to start off, you know, you started off on one thing and then it morphed into something else, didn't it, into this whole documentary. And somebody on paper, I mean, you're seeing a life unfold in front of you through actors and through reenactments that's making this a very, you know, this is a three dimensional person coming back to life again.
10: Yes, well, I think that's what we wanted to do. Obviously, the story has a tragic ending. So it, it's our job as the storyteller to um, show as much about this person and bring as much of their personality out onto the screen. Um, for the audience to engage with, because you know we know that the film isn't going to end happily, and so we want the the audience to feel that emotion and feel um, that pain that uh, everyone that knew him uh, would have felt around the time of his death. So,
0: are there still people around in the Farno that
10: know him that knew him? Uh, yes, his sister's still alive. Um, and his brother, um, they were very young, of course. Um, his sister may have been 13 or 14 the last time she saw him. Um, her name's Queenie Bill. And his brother, Kawana, was only three, so he has very kind of vague memories um, of his brother. Uh, there are other wider Fano members and uh, friends as well, uh, outside of the immediate family. Um, um, Buller Chadwick, a good friend of his, uh, during the, their childhood, teenage kind of years and stuff like that, um, has real fond memories um, and still quite vivid. And we were very fortunate um, that he could uh, be a part of the commentary in the documentary and uh, give us a real uh, idea of what Johnny was like.
0: Must have been extremely emotional for some of those people as well as for the crew.
10: Yeah, there was some very emotional moments right throughout the whole process, I guess. Even before we started um, in the first initial meetings, uh with the pohe um there was a lot of emotion involved and i believe that other people had approached the Wano about making a documentary or film about Johnny but um had not really those projects hadn't really taken traction for whatever reasons, and so there was still um, a lot of that reservation and emotion um, hanging around right right about then. Um, and then some of the uh, reenactment where we had uh, Wano members uh, playing the roles of their forebears, their um, forebears, that was quite moving and emotional as well for them to be in those roles and to relive some of the uh, scenarios that their parents and grandparents had gone through. It was also very emotional when we went to the uh, memorial in Żagań in Poland, um, which is uh, near the camp or um, well the the ruins of the camp of Starlog three III, and also at the uh, old garrison cemetery in Poznan, which is uh, in Poland as well. That's where uh, the remains of Porokoro Pātapu Pōhe lie, along with his uh, other fellow airmen that were uh, executed. That was a very emotional experience for the crew and for Johnny's brother and his wife who um, visited the cemetery with us. I remember Dave, the cameraman, after we had finished that day, I went to see him to talk about what we were going to be doing next and um, in his room. And he uh, took me aside and said um, that, you know, what happened um, on that day uh, was one of the reasons um, um, that he works in this industry and um, makes it all worthwhile. So, yeah, it was very moving.
0: And I guess when you're documenting a, a, a true story like this, it carries quite a lot of responsibility as well.
10: Sure. You you want to... I mean, there's lots of responsibility in, um, to... Lots of different people, you know obviously for us, our first and foremost um, responsibility was to um John poorey himself to ensure that um we did his name justice and and did his life justice um his story and um that also is connected to the responsibility to his Wano and the fact that they had uh, entrusted the story to us. Um, you know, so we had a, um, a massive amount of responsibility to ensure that we treated the subject with respect and um, ensured to get um, all of uh, our story Accurate and information accurate. Um, there's also you know, the responsibility to um, uh, the wider public, and that um, we want them to. Um, while while we want to appease the family and um, uh, these other entities, you know, um, we still want have to have a responsibility to them to uh, ensure that they are able to connect to the story in some kind of way as well. And it's not just kind of a closed shop such uh, situation. They? Um, Is
0: it the quality of the writing?
10: Um, I think the story is uh, um, a pretty extraordinary one. And for Māori and for New Zealanders um, especially, I think we are quite uh, patriotic people when it comes to um, our own. And um, we do like uh, to lift um, our memories of the past and hold on to them and um, so and the other another point to that is that um, because the story was uh, relatively unknown to a lot of people uh, we tried not to reveal too much too soon and we tried to drip feed the information and therefore uh, something as exciting as the great escape um, we don't reveal that until the kind of end of part three Um, so we really hold off that information but we felt that the story um, of his life and his journey um, up until that point was strong enough to hold the viewer's interest. And and the thought behind holding it back was that, okay, the story's moving along like this, and then at the end of part three, bang, you turn the story in a whole new direction, which um, hopefully... It's unexpected. Yeah, and hopefully... Um draws the viewer even further into the story, so um yeah, to answer your question, I think that the it's an extraordinary story and and people want to hear it you know, they want to hear these kind of things. Um, I have been told that you can mess them up though so so um but I think it was the combined efforts of um a whole lot of people um you know our producer mata um the wano members themselves um all the uh, crew and actors and um other kinds of suppliers and stuff um it was you know it was a real combined effort.
0: Gillian Arahanga. Go to our website radio.nz.co.nz forward slash teahika and there's additional information there about John Pohe. Anei te um, whakamarama mo te whakatauki nei ko Muriwai Davis te kai kōrero.
4: Matea he te te kura aramai he te kura and that talks about, you know, it talks about um, when the old... Um, when the old fern is, um, withers and passes away, uh, a new fern comes and, re- and uh, uh, takes its place. And, and that's pretty much summarises um, our world of kapahaka because performers uh, are forever revolving, groups are forever changing, and leadership is uh, forever revolving. Kia ora, Muriwai-Davis. Ko te
0: whakamutinga a te He mehi ki kai kōrero i tīnei wiki. Kia na hoa mahi, kia ora. Hei a wiki i te iwi, mai te ahi kā, kia tata katoa, mauri ora.